This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. This episode of Creepy is presented by Patreon supporters Cecilia and Tammy Bernard. See how you can support this podcast and get rewards by visiting creepypod.com support. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous chilling and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Presents The Bad Days Day 38 Barbie.avi Hello. This thing happened to me a few months ago. I just needed to share it with somebody. It all started at my friend's party. He's an artist who rented out a loft in the industrial part of town. If you can picture what a place like Detroit looked like in the 1920s, that's what this area looks like. A bunch of old, turn-of-the-century factories crammed into ten blocks. Most of them are abandoned. So I partied a little too hard that night and decided to crash on a couch at the loft. I woke up at around 4 a.m. The sun wasn't out yet, but you could still make things out in the dim blue light. I went to the bathroom, carefully tiptoeing around people that were passed out on the floor. As I was taking a piss, I tiptoed to look out the bathroom window, and I saw the panorama of deserted urban decay. I remembered how much I liked places like this. It was so dark and devoid of life, and strangely serene. So I went back to the couch and tried to fall asleep. After 45 minutes of staring at the ceiling, I decided I didn't want to be there any longer. So I swallowed my pride and decided to wake my girlfriend up to beg her for a ride. Since walking around the vacant streets at this time was not an option. Being an awesome girlfriend, she was totally cool with it. She told me she'd be there in about half an hour, that she'd give me a call when she was outside. My phone died ten minutes later, so I decided I'd sit by the window and watch for her car. I sat there for a while and my eyes started to get heavy and I began to doze off. A crashing noise outside woke me up. It wasn't loud, but just enough to snap me into reality. 
I looked out the window and scanned the area, but didn't see anything. Across the street from the loft, near a mountain of garbage bags and one of those enormous dumpsters, I see a computer and monitor smashed against the floor that hadn't been there before. When my girlfriend arrived, I went downstairs and greeted her. Just as I was about to get in the car, I remembered a friend of mine who had blown out his power supply. So I decided to walk over to the dumpster and see what I could salvage. The monitor was worthless, but the tower seemed to have suffered almost no damage, so I put it in the trunk and we drove off. About a week had passed and I'd completely forgotten about the tower until my girlfriend called to let me know that it was still in the trunk and that she wanted it out. That night I brought it home. Before I took it apart, I decided to hook it up to my monitor to see if it still ran, and to my surprise, it did. It ran Windows XP, and it looked like it had been wiped clean. I decided to do searches for words like tits and pussy, in hopes of finding some secret stash full of weird deviant porn the previous owner had forgotten about. More of a curiosity, I guess. Search came up, nothing. Search for picture files, nothing. Then I searched for movies and one file came up. It was an AVI inside a folder titled Barbie, hidden in the Windows System 32 directory. So I played it. Now this is where it gets disturbing. The movie was about an hour long, and was made up of what seemed like raw exported footage. The footage was of this woman sitting on a chair and talking against the white backdrop. I skipped through most of the movie and it was all the same continuous shot. Then I decided to sit through the footage to find out what she was talking about. Fifteen seconds into the footage, the audio goes completely bad and their voices drowned in harsh static and background noise. I couldn't make out a thing. So I imported the footage into Final Cut and tried to mess with Level's isolator voice. It helped a little, but I still couldn't hear what she was saying. I was intrigued now. And I began to really pay attention to her face and body language. It seemed that she was being asked some kind of questions, because she stopped at times to listen and then continue talking. About 15 minutes into the footage, her face begins to redden and contort, as if the questions are bothering her. But she continues to answer them anyway. Shortly after, she begins to cry. She sobs hysterically for the duration of the film. One of the few words I could lip-read was skin. She repeated the word many times throughout the footage, and at one point she even pulls at the skin from her forearm and mouths a word. She seemed to be unhappy with her skin. Anyway, it kept on building and building, and about 40 minutes in she was crying so hard she could barely look at the camera. She stopped talking at this point, and the rest of the footage is just her crying with her head down. Oddly enough, she doesn't get up or move. The screen just fades to black. I was fucking dumbfounded. I played the whole thing through many times that night, trying to find inflections and nuances in her movement that would reveal anything else about what was going on. I felt so dissatisfied. I wanted to know more. That's when I noticed that there was about ten more minutes left on the timeline after the screen went black. And about two minutes in, there was more footage. The footage was extremely shaky, almost unwatchable, and depicted a pair of legs walking along train tracks. My guess is that the camera was left on and it was being carried somewhere. 
The person in this footage walks along the train tracks for about six minutes, and then turns into the forest and walks over to what looked like foliage flattened by a piece of plywood. The person continues on this makeshift plywood road until the movie clip ends. Now my heart started beating with excitement because there were train tracks a few miles away that looked very similar to the ones in the video. I had to check this out. I called up my friend Ezra. He's 6'4", 250 pounds and mostly muscle. I convinced him to go on a little adventure with me. I'm no pushover myself, but I felt if I was going to go wandering in the woods looking for God knows what, extra muscle couldn't hurt. This whole idea of investigating this video had me so excited I couldn't sleep. The next morning on a sunny Sunday, I took my flashlight, my camera, and my 7-inch K-bar with a matte black finish and serrated edge and went to pick up Ezra. When I got to his house, he wasn't even awake. When I woke him, he pretty much told me to fuck off. I was already packed and I had mentally prepared myself to do this, so I decided to go through it with or without him. I parked my car at the train station, took my stuff, and hopped onto the tracks. After walking for about two hours, I saw a broken piece of plywood and my knees almost buckled with excitement. I searched the nearby foliage, and there it was. A little plywood trail leading into the forest. I walked slowly along the trail, paying close attention to everything. I'd stop occasionally, kneel down, and listen for anything or anyone. But it was so quiet. This was one of the most nerve-wracking things I've ever done. I didn't know what to expect at the end of the trail. The dense tree line gave way into a little island of grassy field, and then I saw it. A house being consumed by the forest. From the looks of it, no one had lived there for 20, maybe 30 years. I got my camera and snapped a few pics. A few yards away from the house was a tool shed made of rusty sheet metal. I just sat there among the trees for a while, absorbing everything. I didn't want to go into the field. I had this bad feeling that something would see me. It took me a while to muster the courage to go up to the house. The door was partly opened. I pushed it in with the flashlight and was relieved that the inside was actually very well lit. I put my flashlight away, got my camera and took a few more pics. There was no furniture. The floor was riddled with bricks and wood and rubble. Some of the walls had huge holes in them. When I went in further to explore, I saw some things I didn't pay much mind to in that moment. But now that I think about them in hindsight, they greatly disturbed me. The first thing that seemed a little odd was that one of the doors in the first room, that I presume led to the basement, seemed a little too new to be in this house. It was also the only door in the house that was locked. Also, when I made my way up to the second floor, I saw some chairs and a fold-up table that also seemed a little too new to be there. But what disturbed me the most, for some reason, was the bathroom. The dust on the mirror had been wiped away, and in the bathtub, I saw a clear plastic tarp that still had water droplets on it from when I presume... It was washed clean. And when I heard something moan real loud, that's when I jumped the fuck out the second story window and ran back to the tracks. Halfway there, I realized the moaning was most likely a water pipe expanding or contracting. 
and that little moment of relief gave in to the horror which I felt when I wondered why the water would be running on an abandoned house in the middle of the fucking woods. It's been a little more than two months since this happened, and I haven't gone back there. Nor do I plan to. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. (laughs) The only thing I could hear was 7219 (laughs) laughing. Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.